Rarely has there been such a hot favourite as France at the 2002 World Cup. Les Bleus arrived at the tournament as the reigning world champions, the reigning European champions and the Confederations Cup holders. Zinedine Zidane was the world's best player. Some of the younger faces from 1998, Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, David Trezeguet, had now matured into key men. France could call on golden boot winners from three of Europe's top leagues. Everything seemed in place for France to retain the World Cup. Instead, France slinked out of South Korea at the end of the first round in disgrace and humiliation. Bottom of the group, two defeats, one draw and incredibly no goals scored. The worst world champions ever. In this episode of World Cup Rambling, I'm going to look back at the demise of France. Welcome to A Load of Merd. Flashlights around the stab cross go glittering away. Trezeguet is waiting in the centre. Trezeguet! France have won the European Championship to add to the World Cup. After France won the 1998 World Cup, Amé Jacquet stepped down and was replaced by his assistant, Roger Lemaire. At this stage, continuity was one of France's key strengths. Eventually, it would become one of their greatest weaknesses. The continuity was highlighted by Lemaire's Euro 2000 squad. 18 of the 22 players from 1998 were retained. In 1998, France had been a pragmatic defensive side. At Euro 2000, however, they had a more dynamic attacking system. Vieira became a regular in midfield, providing mobility and extra skill. Henri was maturing as a forward. Zidane was imperious. Trezeguet couldn't get into the starting lineup, but came off the bench to score the golden goal winner against Italy in the final. Underlining their dominance, Le Maire's team won the 2001 Confederations Cup despite taking 13 players who hadn't featured in either the World Cup or the Euros. This highlighted France's strength and depth. With the World Cup looming, the only issue, as far as the starting eleven was concerned, was who would play alongside Desailly at centre-back now that Blanc had retired from international football. The World Cup draw was made in December 2001. France were put in Group A with Senegal, Uruguay and Denmark. The first setback for France came in March 2002. I hope it's just a jar. Look at Perez in agony. But I've been there. I know what it feels like to do that. When you land on it and suddenly you need jars like that. It could be ligament damage. Oh. For all football lovers, this is a very uh, 
sad sight. Robert Perez has illuminated this season. Robert Perez went down with a cruciate knee ligament injury during an FA Cup tie between Arsenal and Newcastle. Perez had been in magnificent form but was now going to miss the rest of Arsenal's double winning season and the World Cup for France. Le Maire said, Perez symbolises the values and qualities of the French team. I'm finding it difficult to get over the news. I don't know who will replace him for the World Cup. Le Maire attributed the injury to fatigue, saying that both Perez and Henri had played an excessive number of games and were risking their health. The issue of the crowded schedule was compounded by the early start to this World Cup. The competition was to kick off on the 31st of May, just 16 days after the Champions League final. This was to avoid the East Asian monsoon season. France were scheduled to play on day one, so not much turnaround time from the end of the club season. Just a week before the start of the World Cup, the French camp had to deny that Henri was out of the tournament after the media had misinterpreted reports from the French camp on the state of the Arsenal man's knee tendon. Henri was angry with the way Le Maire handled the communication. The Arsenal star heard it first from his family rather than his manager that there were allegedly doubts over his place. 14 members of the 1998 squad were chosen for 2002. France had plenty of firepower. They had the top goal scorers from three of Europe's top leagues. Henri from the English Premiership, Trezeguet from Syria, and Cissé from Ligue 1. Ame Jacquet believed that the 2002 squad was stronger than the 1998 champions. Roberto Carlos. Solari. That's a good ball for Roberto Carlos. Hooked into the penalty area towards Zidane! Oh, Zidane had added another chapter to his growing legend with his spectacular winner for Real Madrid in the Champions League final against Bayer Leverkusen. Amy Lawrence in The Guardian wrote that, however extensively you analyse the makeup of the French team, the essence in the end all boils down to Zidane. You can talk about things with hindsight, but there were issues with ageing legs, especially in defence, and these had been pointed out before the tournament. The French squad had nine players who were 30 and over, with Zidane due to join the 30 club during the tournament. Most of the 30 club were guaranteed starters. I remember being surprised when I saw Frank Leboeuf in the starting lineup when France played Senegal, 34 years old, and passed his best whenever that best was. Tom Fordyce wrote on the BBC website, Could he really have rediscovered how to run since leaving Stamford Bridge? Amy Lawrence wrote that, Most trepidation revolves around the selection of the increasingly ponderous Frank Leboeuf. Leboeuf makes them almost as nervous as the idea of Zidane missing so much as a single game. Gabriel Marcotti, who accurately predicted the demise of France in When Saturday Comes, he wrote that it's an absolute scandal that people like Leboeuf, Jorkaev and Dugary keep getting into the side. 
Turam was playing at centre-back for Juventus, but he had to play right-back for the national team in order to accommodate Leboeuf in the middle with Desailly. Marcotti named William Gallas as one example of a younger player who should have been in the squad. Another notable omission was Eric Carrier, the playmaker who had inspired Nantes to the French league title in 2001, before doing the same at Lyon in 2002. Carrier had been the French league's player of the year in 2001, and he had also played well in the Confederations Cup when he deputised for Zidane. World Soccer Magazine said it was inexplicable to pick Johan Miku instead of Carrier. Marcotti said that France's undoing is that it's run like a little club. It's a gang and you're either in it or you're not. As we saw in the Brazil 1966 episode from Series 1, the reluctance to leave out ageing legends is always a factor when it comes to the demise of world champions. Jorgaev, aged 34, he had been out of contention as he was sitting on the bench at Kaiserslautern, and that prompted his move to Bolton Wanderers. Now Le Maire brought him back for the World Cup. Dugary, as late as April 2002, had expressed doubts about making the squad, but he made it. Dugary was Zidane's best mate, so Dugary's presence in French squads was always one for conspiracy theorists. Years later, Patrice Evra said that Dugary is the only person who knows how many hairs Zidane has on his balls. Marcel Desailly, aged 33, he was conscious of the advancing age of the French squad. Four years have passed since the last World Cup, and it's nearly the same group. The players are getting older. We know it will be difficult. Maybe we will find some problem, and maybe we will give up more easily, because subconsciously you could say, well, we have done it already. <sighs> Not the most encouraging words ever spoken by the captain of the world champions. France's automatic qualification meant a lack of competitive fixtures, although Desailly tried to put a good spin on that by saying that, as world champions and European champions, everyone they had played in the friendlies had been trying even harder to win. Ah, quand même! Et c'est Zizou lui-même qui a demandé, hein, est-ce que ce ballon peut sortir? Sortie de Zidane! On the 26th of May, France played South Korea in a glamour friendly. The French won 3-2 but paid a high price. Zidane injured his thigh. Claude Simonet of the French Football Federation said, I have some slightly worrying news. I've been told the result of the x-ray and Zidane will be absent for two matches. If you thought Beckham's metatarsal provoked hysteria in England, that things were mad in France when it came to Zidane's thigh. Neil McCarthy wrote that by the time France got to their final group match, people were already sick of Zidane's thigh opening the news. Zidane's talismanic qualities had already been showed by France's struggles when he missed the pre-tournament friendly against Belgium. The French lost 2-1, prompting Le Maire to say, defeat produces doubt. France's performances in the run-up to the World Cup had been unimpressive and Philippe Beauclair wrote that these were largely ignored in the previews of the competition. World Soccer Magazine accused the French press of having a non-critical stance towards the team. 
France had only played the fatal friendly against South Korea at the behest of their main Korean sponsor, who insisted that Le Maire pick as many star players as possible. A fatigued, sleep-deprived Zidane was in no fit state to play. He had only just come back from the Champions League final before attending the birth of his son, Theo. The world champions being involved in money-spinning activities owing to the demands of vested interests was an issue that came up for Brazil in 1966, 1998 and again 2006 and it was a problem here for France in 2002 and it cost them their best player. Aside from playing unnecessary friendlies, the French players had also been involved in promotional activities with businesses seeking to use the world champions to endorse various goods and services. The players were only too happy to oblige. The businesses were looking forward to reaping the rewards of France's supposedly inevitable second World Cup triumph. Eau Claire paints a picture of a greedy, decadent French squad luxuriating in expensive hotels with every whim being pandered to. He wrote that the collective ethos fostered by Deschamps and Blanc, both of whom had retired, had disintegrated completely to be replaced by self-absorption and its natural companion, paranoia. France and Senegal took to the field at the Seoul World Cup Stadium on the 31st of May 2002 for the opening match of the World Cup, a new era, the first World Cup in Asia. Vieira was born in Senegal but playing for France. It will be a strange occasion, particularly when the national anthems are played. Vieira also said, In the past, African teams have struggled tactically but the French influence should iron out that problem and make it tough for us. All but two of Senegal's squad played their club football in France. Senegal also had a French manager, Bruno Metsu, the brown May guy with the long curly hair. In The Guardian, Dominic Fifield described Senegal as all wide-eyed enthusiasm and raucous raw talent. Comforting to know that even in the new century, the patronising of African teams by Western journalists was going to continue. France lined up in Le Maire's preferred 4-2-3-1 formation. Barthez was playing behind a very experienced back four. Turam, 8-30. Leboeuf, 34. Desai, 33. Lisa Rizou, 32. Of the four defenders, only the magnificent Turam was at his peak. Vieira and Petit were the two in the centre of midfield, but a lot of water passed under the bridge since Arsenal's double triumph of 1998. Vieira was still great, one of the world's best midfielders, but Petit was on the wane. He'd coasted near the end at Arsenal, flopped at Barcelona before crawling back to the Premier League at Chelsea with his ponytail between his expensive legs. 
The three in the attacking midfield positions were Wiltord, Jorkaev and Henri. Jorkaev had been picked as the nominal replacement for Zidane, inasmuch as he can replace the irreplaceable. Jorkaev himself said, No player in the world could replace Zidane. Sure, his absence is a problem, but that just strengthens our solidarity as a squad. I think that's what's known as whistling in the dark. Trezeguet was the striker. On the Henri Trezeguet situation, Amy Lawrence wrote that Le Maire remains hesitant about deploying more than one of them in a central role. She added that Henri would play wide if Trezeguet was put in the middle, or Trezeguet would be left on the bench if Henri was put through the middle, and she called this a terrible waste either way. Gabriel Marcotti was blunt, describing France's attacking system as absolute pap. This is the World Cup when they will really get found out. Senegal packed the midfield and left El Hadji Jouf to ply a lonely furrow up front. After five minutes, it was clear that Jouf would be a threat. He skinned Desailly on the left, making the French skipper look his age. Jouf's cross found Fadiga, but Barthez made an easy save. France had a lot of the ball, but they weren't hurting Senegal. The champions were ineffective, lacking Zidane's imagination, drive and cutting edge. Oh, it's Thierry Henry. Trezeguet is in the centre here, and it's a chance for France, and he's hit the post. Oh, nearly the first goal of the 2002 World Cup. Trezeguet hit the post, and up the other end, Desai filed Juif, who was threatening to get away from him again. After 30 minutes, the opening goal of the tournament arrived. And it's Djorkaev who gets caught in possession here. And it was Daf who put El Hadjouf away. And they've got two striding up in the centre here. Bubajop is there! Oh, and Bubajop is there! And Senegal has scored the first goal of the 2002 World Cup! After half an hour's play, Papa Bubajop! Oh! Just look at this celebration. Daft took the ball from a sloppy Jorgaev before sending Juif scurrying up the left. Leboeuf, as predicted, didn't have the legs to keep up with the future Liverpool legend. Juif's cross sent Petit and Barthez into a flap. The ball broke the Booba Jop and he kicked it over the line. The world champions were a goal down. France's first half of frustration ended with Petit getting a yellow card for a late tackle on Juve. In the second half, Trezeguet, Vieira and Henri all missed headed chances. Henri's miss was the worst. All he had to do was catch the ball flush on his forehead. Instead, he skewed it wide off the side of his dome. Henri was terrible on headers. And Fadiga showing a little bit of trickery and hits the bar! Fine effort. Dugarry headed on to Henri. Thierry Henri! Oh, and they've hit the bar! Fadiga hit the bar for Senegal. Henri did likewise for France. Dugarry came on for Djorkaev, but he brought nothing to the table. Cissé's arrival in place of Wiltord meant that France had their three golden boot winners from the 2002 season on the pitch, but they couldn't score a goal. 
There was an air of complacency and going through the motions with the French performance. They seemed to be struggling with the heat and humidity. The 2002 World Cup starts with a stunning result. France nil, Senegal won. The world champions had lost to the debutantes. It was a result that reverberated around the world. Madame, Monsieur, bonsoir. Quelle déception. L'équipe de France championne du monde n'a pas réussi son entrée dans le mondial. Les bleus du pied gauche se sont fait battre 1-0 par le Sénégal. Une surprise qu'il faudra dépasser. L'absence de Zidane sur le banc de touche aura sans doute joué. Reste la fougue de l'équipe sénégalaise. Les Lions avaient tout à gagner et ils ont réalisé leur rêve marqué contre les tricolores. Christophe Duchéron. The Guardian Match Report said that France, for all their possession and territorial dominance, rarely rose above the ordinary. Le Maire said, Senegal were well organised with a five-man midfield. When a team are well grouped together, you need speed and spontaneity. Henri was France's speed merchant, but he looked lethargic, the knee injury perhaps. There was no Zidane to provide spontaneity, and none of Le Maire's substitutions could make it happen. Le Boeuf cited the absence of Zidane as the key factor, but Le Boeuf and his defensive colleagues hadn't covered themselves in glory, always looking like they were wading through treacle when it came to dealing with juice speed. Eric Cantona put in his two francs worth, saying that Desai and Le Boeuf are not good enough, and because of that, France will not win the World Cup. France's second game against Uruguay in Busan was virtually a must-win. Djorkaev was ruled out with a groin injury, meaning that he missed the chance to emulate his father, Jean Djorkaev, who played for France against Uruguay in the 1966 World Cup. Mikud was brought in to replace Djorkaev. Apart from that, it was as you were. Leboeuf would go off injured after 16 minutes to be replaced by Candela, a change which facilitated Churam's long overdue move into the middle. After 25 minutes, France were in trouble again. Rodriguez prepared to make a run on the near post. That's too short from Ricoba. Oh dear. And the referee didn't like that and he's shown the red card. The faces of disbelief didn't like the challenge and suddenly shows the red card to Thierry Henry instant dismissal Le Maire cannot believe that there was a shoulder to shoulder that well it's the stretch here yes he came down with his foot and the referee was right on the spot the ball ran loose from Rakuba's botched free kick Henri stretched for it, but struck Romero with his studs. It was a clear red, although Henri was a picture of innocence and bafflement. The red card was the first of many big tournament disappointments for Henri, culminating in the South Africa debacle in 2010. 
Petit had to post with a free kick as France struggled to break through a typically resolute Uruguay defence. Dario Silva, the striker with the bleached blonde hair, was causing trouble for the French with his theatrics and he was lucky not to be sent off for a nasty foul on Vieira. The second half was quite decent by the very low standards of the 2002 World Cup. Carini made good saves from Wiltord, Candela and Miku. Uruguay were dangerous on the counter-attack. Barthez saved well from Rokoba, and then Rokoba went round Barthez, but hit the side netting from a narrow angle. In the dying seconds of injury time, Barthez used his legs to block a shot from Magalanes. It was the save that kept France in the World Cup. Barthez had become a joke figure at Manchester United at this point, but he never let France down. The match reports in World Soccer and The Guardian praised Barthez for his performance against Uruguay. The match finished 0-0 and France now had to beat Denmark by two clear goals. John Brodkin wrote that the French have long seen Zidane as a worker of wonders, but never have his talents been under so much scrutiny as they will be against Denmark. A patched up Zidane was brought back for the crucial game against the Danes in Inchon and it reeked of desperation. Thousands of French fans gathered in Paris at 7am, optimistic that Zidane would rescue the team, as he had done so many times in the past. Zidane showed some touches of class, but he was clearly below the physical level required to be truly effective. After 22 minutes, Denmark knocked another nail in the French coffin. Turfing again. Oh, Robidoux in space on the far side and puts Denmark ahead. Tofting's cross found Romadal, who stuck it away to give the Danes the lead. Desai and Trezeguet both hit the woodwork. The woodwork was a recurring theme for France in this World Cup. The coup de grace was administered midway through the second half. Graberson for Denmark. It's a lovely ball for Gronkjaer. Likewise for Thomason. That's a wonderful goal. 2-0 at Denmark. Thomason got to the ball, aided by an unspotted shirt tug on Desai, which left the once imperious defender in a heap a symbol of France's decline. Thomason tucked the ball away for 2-0. There was no way back for France. The champions, the superstar champions, France, are out. France's world had ended not with a bang, but a whimper. Not since Brazil in 1966 had the world champions fallen at the first hurdle, but even Brazil had won a game. France's record was played three, won none, drew one, lost two. Amazingly, despite their much vaunted firepower, they hadn't been able to score a goal. It was a pathetic, wretched title defence. 
the most shameful exit from South Korea since Ben Johnson. The empire, carefully constructed over the previous four years, had crumbled in 12 crazy days. L'Equipe, the French sports paper, said, Slow, powerless, tired and overwhelmed by destiny, the team paved the way for its elimination by underestimating the difficulties it faced. Le Parisien said, Choose your own epithet, debacle, rout, collapse, fiasco, nightmare, trauma, humiliation. For the Blues, this is apocalypse now. No one imagined such a catastrophic scenario. I'm just going to run through a few of the issues that came up in the aftermath of the debacle. Henri and Zidane talked about fatigue and burnout off the back of tough seasons with their clubs. Even when playing brilliantly at Arsenal the following season, Vieira talked about feeling cooked because of all the games he played during 2002. Franz Beckenbauer, who was picking up intel for the Germany 2006 World Cup, Reckoned that tiredness was a factor for many of the big teams. But if you want to play in the top leagues and the bloated Champions League and take the glory, glamour, status and riches that go with it, you have to deal with a packed schedule, extra matches and so on and so on. Brazil and Germany reached the final. and You think their players didn't have tough seasons? The Brazilian league is a brutal slog. Then for the overseas players... Lucio and Roberto Carlos played in the Champions League final and Cafu was involved in a tough title race with Roma which went all the way to the last day of the season. Germany had players who were involved in Bayer Leverkusen's treble blowout including that Champions League final so sometimes you have to take the fatigue argument with a pinch of salt. Le Figaro, the French newspaper, accused the French team of being distracted by off-the-field activities Stunned and dazzled by their success, sought out by sports and business, the team neglected the essential, the pitch. A World Cup winning team carries a lot of prestige and a lot of people want in on the deal, so maybe there was too much of that for France in 2002. It was definitely an issue with Brazil and Nike in 1998 and 2006. There was also the issue of French complacency. Turam said, We lacked humility, each and every one of us. We turned up thinking we'd already won the World Cup. We were not mentally or physically prepared for the battles ahead. Before the tournament, Desai had suggested that the players might have become contented with the previous successes and they wouldn't have to drive to go for another trophy. During the tournament, Trezeguet questioned the lack of determination of some of his colleagues and after it was over, Vieira said, maybe the commitment wasn't enough. Having too many players who had been there, done it, got the t-shirt, that connects to another factor, 
namely Le Maire's over-reliance on his old warriors. I mentioned this in the Brazil 1966 episode where Fiola, the Brazil manager, was metaphorically exhuming knackered players from 1958 and 1962. Loyalty to past champions, maybe even a fear of going into battle without these players who had done it before. Le Maire fell into this trap in quite a big way. There was a clutch of 30-something players, all of them world champions and European champions, but now past their best. Le Boeuf, Petit, Dugary, Djorkaev, to a slightly lesser extent, Desai. Turam and possibly Lisa Rizou were the only members of the 30 club who were still worth holding on to. Neil McCarthy wrote that you could walk into any bar in France and hear Le Maire is an idiot, Djorkaev and Degree are over the hill, Le Boeuf is always crap, and so on. Gabriel Marcotti called Le Maire's squad a crime against common sense. He did not choose the best personnel available, instead preferring to stay loyal to men who were past it. That was also an issue for Spain in 2014, if you remember back to that World Cup. Le Maire made tactical mistakes too, with the attacking system that left Henri out in the left when he wanted to play in the middle. Le Maire's way of trying to accommodate Trezeguet and Henri in the same starting lineup made both players ineffective. World Soccer magazine quoted a French player as saying, Le Maire chose to die with his ideas. The injury to Zidane knocked the stuffing out of the French team. Now, any team would miss Zidane, and you could see that France struggled to find killer balls to unlock defences. But you really need to question the mentality of the squad if they could go from winning everything to not scoring a goal due to the loss of one player, albeit the best player. If I remember correctly, Germany missed three of their first choice defenders through injury, and they missed their two most creative players, Deisler and Shaw, but they were still able to find a way to get to the final. If you take the view that the state of the national team reflects back something about the state of the nation, then 1998 was the high point of France's diverse nation. By contrast, the 2002 demise was preceded by Jean-Marie Le Pen of the National Front getting onto the runoff ballot against Jacques Chirac for the French presidency. Chirac won in a bloated hollow landslide the French electorate preferring a crook to a fascist. France's supposedly cohesive society, as illustrated by the different racial backgrounds of the national team, was starting to fray around the edges. The disastrous friendly between France and Algeria in October 2001, which started with the French anthem being booed, and culminated in a match being called off after a pitch invasion, that fueled racial tensions and gave Le Pen a campaign boost. Then a few weeks after the Chirac versus Le Pen election, the racially diverse national team collapsed at the World Cup. But that could just be me trying to force facts into that theory. After all, France's World Cup win in 2018 didn't presage a glad, confident morning. Within months of the victory in Moscow, the Yellow Vest movement was on the streets. With the benefit of 20 years of hindsight, we can see that France set the modern pattern for the group stage demise of the world champions with Italy 2010, 
Spain 2014, and Germany 2018 following in their ignominious footsteps? Perhaps with international football becoming more competitive and supposedly smaller nations getting stronger, then if the champions aren't on their mettle, they get found out earlier than would have been the case in previous years. The other thing you can see with the benefit of hindsight was that 2002 was the start of a decade of decline for the French national team, a period of perpetual crisis and scandal, only briefly stopped by Zidane's Indian summer of 2006. It wasn't until Didier Deschamps got the job in 2012 that France started to make that climb back to the summit of international football culminating in World Cup glory in 2018 with a new conveyor belt of talent. Although, after the way the French capitulated against Switzerland in the Euros, amidst rumours of an unhappy camp, I think we need to keep a close eye on them when it comes to Qatar. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you might want to check the odds of France getting knocked out in the first round of World Cup 2022. I think the Qatar World Cup could be a strange tournament quite similar to Japan, South Korea. When the French team got back from South Korea, Le Maire refused to resign, so the French Federation sacked him. Jacques Santini, who had just won the league title at Lyon, took over. Out of the frying pan into a vat of acid. Of the 17 players that France used in the 2002 World Cup, 11 of them played in further tournaments. Barthez, Cisse, Desai, Henri, Lisa Rizou, Makaleli, Turam, Trezeguet, Vieira, Wiltord and Zidane. Of the other six, Djorkaev, Dugary and Leboeuf were never capped again. Candela, Miku and Petit did win caps and friendlies, but never again in a competitive international. Petit quit international football in September 2003, saying that Santini was a rubbish manager. Thankfully, the Spurs board didn't listen to him and appointed Santini in 2004. (laughs) If you're interested in the ups and downs of the French national team since 1998, you should read Sacre Bleu by Matthew Spiro. But he's not the best Matthew who's ever talked about the French national team. Two thousand and two was my A level year. One of my A levels was French, and I remember that World Cup clearly and the France disaster against the backdrop of doing those exams. Twenty years ago this month, where does the time go? 
2002 is my least favourite World Cup, but because I'm such a fair-minded podcaster, in fact, I don't think that there's a more fair-minded podcaster out there than me, I wanted to cover an aspect of the tournament, so the collapse of France seemed as good a story as any. The team that had it all, and then lost it all. Sick transit Gloria Mundi, as we say in Latin. Follow me on Twitter, at Matthew Ocott, and also follow at World Cup Ramble. Rate, review, subscribe, and all that kind of stuff, and I shall speak to you soon. Au revoir.